0: Um, So, I have had so many people that have talked to me over the years about my mum, and um, she truly is as remarkable as what people think. And and I know some people have said, I would love to get to know her better. I would love to uh, spend time with her and find out how has she been able to do everything that she's done. And so tonight is a small portion. And like I said this morning, we could do six weeks on her. Um, tonight is just a small portion of, of who Pastor Tina is and the great woman of God that she is. And I know she said today when we talked, oh, Vicky, I only want to bring glory to God. And, and that's a heart, but we know that we're in a partnership with God and God can speak something. But unless we do our bit and we say, yes, Lord, then it's not going to work, is it? And um, so it is all glory to God, but it comes from the word yes, Lord, I'll follow. Um, So we're just going to start with you sharing with us a little bit about your upbringing and how you came to faith, where it all began.
1: Okay. Well, um, I was privileged to have very good parents. They didn't know the Lord, but they were very, very good parents, Stella and I. We had a very loving home. But, you know, I just want to say that all my life from a little girl I was very conscious of God even though it wasn't a Christian home I was very conscious of God even you know in the infant school and uh, when there were tests I would go outside and say please God help me with my sons I, I was always conscious of God and um, I'm just um, you know God was drawing me even from a, a little girl and um, you know unless the spirit draws no one can come to the Lord Mm. it's the Holy Spirit that draws us and we don't understand that you know and there's a timing in God and I was 17 when I got saved I was taken by a friend some a friend from school who asked us all to go to this meeting in this brethren church and um, that was the night even though I'd been in an Anglican church and was in the choir and sat under the word I'd never heard until that night of God's love for me. And, you know, when you hear the gospel and the love of God and, you, you know, it hit me. And in that knowing that God loved me, he showed me then that I was a sinner. And out of that love, I would never have known I was a sinner <laughs> But God showed me out of that love that I was a sinner. And that night, even though I was a very, very shy person, I went forward that night when there was appeal. And there were about five of us from high school who all went forward that night and just said a quick prayer because, you know, when it's from your heart, when you've been drawn by God, and I didn't know what to say. And they said, each one of you pray. And I just said, oh, dear Lord, please forgive me. I'm a sinner. Amen. And that was it. But you know, it's not about what you say. It's about that conviction within. And I got on the bus going home to Newton Willows then, uh, but I got saved in Warrington in a church. And my mother was on the bus and she said, where have you been? I said, oh, I've been to this meeting and I've got saved. And she <laughs> says, oh, that's nice. <laughs> she would no idea what I was on about you know and um but i want to say it stayed with me and i never met another christian till after i was married and had got two children but in my heart was that desire for god and i would say to my husband dennis you know but god and he'd say oh tina he said they all wear big hats and all that sort of thing you know it's not really for me but you know god you know it says delight yourself in the lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart yes. and um where I'd got saved, that was the place I wanted to go back to, and um, anyway, I'm not going into it all, but God led me to this Sunday school to take my children, and they told me it was an outreach work from the very church where I'd got saved, and you know, God is wonderful, and so I was asked to go along and uh, said, "Oh, don't know if husband will come. But he did come, and he did get saved. And I thank God for that. You know, it's household salvation. Just keep in there. Just keep believing. You know, just keep testifying. But I'm not meaning I didn't go on all the time about it. I would just say, but God. Yeah. But God. And so, you know, I thank him and I praise him. So I was 17 when I got saved. So really, I've had a life of God. Yeah you know, up to this point. And I want to say, you know, that I'm more alive in God now than I ever was. I want to say that, you know, I'm getting to know more and more of the grace and the mercy of God, the power of God, you know, that intimate relationship you can have with God. You know, there's no retirement in God. No. This really is not... And, and wherever he wants to use you, it doesn't matter. It's not about position. Yes. It, it's about just being where God wants you to be. Yeah. And you know you're just so blessed. He says, "If you give a cup of water in man, yes. you know that's what it's all about church. Mm-hmm. And um, you know the, the, the church, the church is here so that God's heart, God's plan, can be fulfilled. It's fulfilled through the church. Yeah. That's what Jesus Christ died for, for the church, for the body. And so we're all here that God's plan can be fulfilled through us, through me, you know, quiet, you know, very, very quiet. But through me, through you, through each one of us, we've all got that opportunity just to smile at somebody, just to say, how are you? Give that, you know, love of Jesus to someone. And, and the difference it makes, it's not about me. Yeah. It's not about me. It's about him. Yes. It's about him. Yeah. I better finish that. Sorry. So 17. Yeah. You gave your life to
0: the Lord. Yes. Grandma thought it was very nice. Yes. And, but you didn't actually meet any Christians or Christian friends or anything till after you married with children. Yeah. So although you weren't functioning in a church, you didn't really know what to do with, with what had happened to you. You carried it in your heart. Yes. And you knew yes. without a shadow of doubt yes. what had happened. And then, like you say, then came household salvation through dad. Yes. Um, yeah. So you've got this, you get involved in a Sunday school. hmm You start to serve the Lord straight away. Mm, straight as away. As a family. How did that lead to all this Wow, well, yes that's a big question yes. a big question yeah what happened next kind of
1: in those early yeah. years and well I would say that being in the brethren and they were lovely lovely people my husband got saved really lovely people but then God started to um open things up to me and Dennis through the word of God not through anybody and realizing you know this this um more, you know, and he showed us about the baptism in the holy spirit, and um, they they d- didn't you know in that sense um, see that and uh, so we we really had to come out of the brethren, and God led us to a, a place where People were believing in that, even though we hadn't received the baptism. When I talk about the baptism, I'm talking about being well and truly saved, having the life of God within. But you see, God was preparing us. We didn't realize it, but he was preparing us. And it, it was that um, anointing. It was, it, it was that power. You know for the work that god was going to give us to do and it was inside of me and it was lord we didn't know anybody who was baptized in the holy spirit but we saw it we saw the gifts that were there and our heart was desirous of it and i just want to say that it happened in my own home everything to me seems to happen in my own home i just got down and i just said to the lord lord I just desire. I don't understand, but God, I know you're wanting to, you wanting to give me, you know, a greater revelation of who you are. You're wanting to give me, Lord, this uh, enabling power. And as, I, as I, I opened myself up to God, and all I can say was that I knew that I knew, I knew that there was, there was such a, a baptism of love, let me put it that way, within me. And it was like the sky was bluer, the grass was greener. It was like, you know, a curtains had been drawn, they were like that far open, and then they opened, and I'm thinking, my goodness me, it was all there, but I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it, and um, so that happened first, and then um, we were reading out of the book of, um, we were led to read out of the book of Haggai, and um, this scripture came um, to me and to uh, Dennis, and um, this is the authorised. (laughs) Um, in the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet. unto Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, saying. So he's speaking to the people. This was speaking to me and Dennis. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, this people say, the time is not come, the time to build the Lord's house. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O you, to dwell in your sealed houses? And this house lies waste. Now consider thus, saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You sow much and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there's none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up the mountain and bring wood and build a house, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, says the Lord. Now consider what is he saying there? He's saying to his people, you're getting on with your own lives. He was saying to us, you know, we were in the church, we were doing work children's work and everything and he, he's saying you know you live in a lovely house then which it was a jo- um a victorian house everything was wonderful running a transport business and yet there was no satisfaction in that no full satisfaction you know he's saying you've earned much but have blown it away because he was wanting to get our hearts he was wanting us to see that there was there was a work for for us to do and um and so this, this word stayed with us and different people would come and say, I believe God's saying, and, and then they would give a word. And so we, we were sort of looking uh, for a house. And um, although that word is about a house, it's a, it was about a spiritual house, building God's house, but he was going to places in a house where this was all going to happen. And, uh, you know, when God speaks to you, that that it never goes, it will never go. I could tell you you the word for word, the things that God has spoken into my life from 30 years ago, and it never goes. And so we had to wait. We waited seven years. Nothing had happened in this time. And the word of God says, though the vision tarry, wait for it. Wait for it. That word will not go. It will not go. And then I had a dream. And just out of the blue, a dream. And I want to say, I'm putting in here about dreams. A dream that is of the Lord. You know, what is it? It's God actually showing you the future that God has for you. The work that God has for you. That is a dream, right? That is from God. It's showing you what his plans are for you. Even though I didn't know that. I've not known that till recently. A vision is different. A vision is where you're actually, it's as though it's a movie and you're in the movie. And I've actually had that. Uh, I won't go into that because it'll take too much time. But that's a vision and that is an amazing thing that happens when you're actually there. Even though you hear, like when John on the Isle of Patmos, when he had that vision. You know, when Philip and the Ethiopian, you, you know, they were in the chariot, was it? And he got in, he said, do you understand? And that is a vision, but a dream from God. It's the plans that God has for you. And in this dream, he showed me a house. And every detail there was, um, all one wall was white. There was a brook at the back of it. Um, there was um, in this dream. There was a figure of mortgage, nine thousand. Well, you wouldn't get a house then for nine thousand, but that was what was in the dream and other things. And um, um, so it was. How long was it? Let me think. I think it was three years um, before we actually found this house. Even from then. And um, God again showed us miraculously where this house was because it was in the middle of nowhere. There were no houses, nothing. And um, we went along and I knew as soon as I saw it, this is the house. Now, you might think, oh, you're going into a lovely house. No. And perhaps Tracy's got a couple of pictures that may go up there of the house because I want you to understand you know, what we actually took on? <laughs> there. Are they up there? Yeah. Okay. So this was a house. Now, it didn't matter what, what needed doing. As I stepped into that house, it was God. Yeah. Yeah. It was God. And um, I think there's another one, Tracy, there where it is what the house becomes, where we're in the lounge meeting as a church. Yeah yeah it's up there so what I want to say is you might don't look at the ruins it's about what has God said yes it's about the word of God it's what God can do with your little yes with your very little you know and people came we were living in a very very nice house and they were saying you're mad you're mad you can't go in that and I thought wow I think it's beautiful (laughs) you know And uh, I really did. And um, we just claimed it, um, you know, for the Lord. Can I just say that just to really grasp how bad this
0: house was that was a gift from the Lord. It even had Death Watch Beetle in it, didn't it, Mum?
1: Mm -hmm. It was so, so bad. You couldn't live in it. It was so bad. Yeah. Um, But this house we had to buy. Uh, We had to go to auction for it. And we didn't have any money to buy this house and um, went to the bank, and the bank said they would give a bridging loan of 25,000. And um, anyway, Dennis went to the auction, and he he bought it for uh, 16. And um, I remember at the time thinking, oh, this is absolutely amazing. But um, what we have to understand here, although it was only 16 and we could pay it, we thought then we can do the house up with the rest, but we couldn't, it's not for that, it's not for that, I said, wow, you know, Um, but then the solicitor said, look, we can take a second mortgage over your own property, and then you can have the rest, and when we signed it, it said mortgage 9,000, and that was in the dream, I want to say that God, you know, you're only young Christians, just step out, every detail God will give you, every detail god will give you and and i think when you are a young christian you get far more details because <laughs> <laughs> he expects you to know more you know what i mean and step out even even greater faith and so we bought the house to auction in the april and as a family we started digging out and digging the foundations and Um, Joe, um, Diane's here, and um, she was there then, weren't you, Diane? And you know, around that time, and all everything that happened was just all glory to God. And so we started digging out. And then my husband wasn't feeling; he was getting weak, and um, he just said he was so tired. And he never went to the doctors. He was always so fit and so well. Uh, he used to you know do running and cycling and he wasn't ill <laughs> and so eventually he went to um, the doctors well that we had to, had to call the doctor out we started um, the um, meetings and um, we had to call the doctor out and he said well I'll send you into hospital and we'll just see it's probably gallstones and so he was in the hospital and you know, I was praising the Lord for all that God had done. And then uh, my GP came to see me at the house and just said, I want a word with you, Tina. And I thought, well, that's unusual. So he just said, I just, um, oh, he said, I'm sorry. He said, but I've just got to tell you, your husband's got pancreatic cancer with secondaries and he can't live. We've just given him 48 hours. And I I was like, no, (laughs) he's never been ill. No, go away. This this can't be. This this is a bad dream I'm having. This can't be. And I kept saying to him, and you know, you even then, you know, I was just saying, Well, I know what you're saying, but I want to tell you God can heal. God can heal. I know what you're saying, but I wasn't listening. No, I'm not having it. God can heal and he, he thought i you know i was in such shock and which i was but i was clinging onto this word i was clinging onto this word it's a matter of life and death that we cling onto this word what yes. the word of yeah. god says amen and amen yeah. you know and um and so you know god put people around us we had um prayer meetings through the night um we fasted and and god's gave a word to Dennis when he did come round, and I'm not going into that but he met the Lord he also saw the devil and all sorts of things but you know what God empowered him and um, he was the doctor had said he was skin and bone he looked terrible and uh, they said they can't put flesh on we prayed you God put the flesh on him and he was lovely, he, he got all the flesh, he worked on the house, all the work started, and we had so much blessing, so much blessing, you know. Um, and um, we started tent crusades, and um, bought a tent, went into Sankey Valley Park, and for a full <coughs> week, for seven years after Dennis died, I bought a tent, and um, we did them. Many got saved. So I want to say, you know, out of that derelict house, but it was from the word of yeah. God, just trust me. Yeah. Trust me. You're all here tonight. You were in the vision. Yeah. You were there. You know, and in this period of time, we sent our first missionaries out to the Philippine Islands. Um, lots of work has come from that. There's actually nine Filipino churches in this country that are established with you know, 80, 90, congregations, which has come as a, a result of, you know, in this country, besides Vietnam, other places, Belgium, that's mm-hmm. gone, so you're a part, we're all a part Something of right. a big whole. Yeah. And in, in all of that, um, we went to Romania, God spoke about sending out to Romania, taking the aid in, taking the gospel in. That work is still continuing. The Philippines is still continuing. And it's 30 years um, today since another daughter and son went full-time for the Lord as pastors. 30 years today for them besides others it's go mind on. blowing on. Is it is that it, much i think um
0: going back to i'm going to call him dad i was going to call him dennis and then that's just weird yeah. so dad being given 2 days to live you've got a 5 year old which is me you've got five other children you have fostered two children god's given you a word they didn't take anything away no. he was too sick so we walked around with the very thing that was supposed to kill him in forty-eight hours, and you're with a derelict house, mm. and people came who meant well, yeah. and said,
1: "You're crazy.
0: You've got to sell the house. You've got Dennis to sell is dying." The house. But your response was, "If I have to sit in the ruins with my children, I will sit in the ruins with my children because not even death can take the vision, no. and the plans of God yes. and." and you talk to me about that, and I know that for what my life has been and what it is to come, that that has been put in me will remain. Yes. Nothing can take if you. God has given you a vision. No one can take it. No. No one can take no it. No way. It's for you no to way. grasp a hold of it, and and like you're talking, I have all this that has come out, and seven glorious years. Oh,
1: yes. We had within. Absolutely. Miracles. Oh, as I say, the works that came from it, um, just amazing. And Dennis was so well, he built with Paul, good shape. Well, Paul did the, an extension on my house. So because we were growing, we could no longer meet in the lounge. We, we went into a community center and all sorts of things happened um, in that time. And yes, Dennis was taken ill. I think twice in that time where he went weak, and but again, we stood on the word and um, just went and prayed with him. And two days later, after being in hospital, we went to the south of France. You know, because that's where God had had, um, arranged for us to go for a holiday, for a break, Um, and, and then. So much happened, I can't tell you. So much happened. It was so vibrant, young people. Um, I don't know if you have any more pictures. I don't know what I gave you <laughs> then. But showing, like, I think there's one where there's young people. It shows, you know, some of the congregation. It was a vibrant work. We're out on the yes. streets. I could have put one up with Vicky at about 10 with the jacket on her, you know, with the <laughs> word of the Lord. Um, but I want to tell you, it's like because God's in it. God's in it. It's alive. It's it's living. Yes. Um and then um really, I'll have to go on, won't I? But, talk, talk about when Dad Yeah. He, he he started to um get tired. And um but we always believed because God had raised him up before, that he would be raised up again. There was no lack of faith whatsoever and um, in fact there was uh, one point where he wasn't well and the surgeon at the hospital heard about it and he came to visit me, he knocked on my door, he was the top surgeon of the hospital and he said I believe Dennis isn't well and I said no and he went up into the bedroom and he, Dennis talked with him, he came down and he looked at me and he said I wish what I had what you and your husband have got. Hallelujah. And it was just, God ministered to so many people while he was there in that bed. Yeah. And he was just shone with the glory of God, didn't he? He just shone. And I remember Paul, a, a young man, Paul and um, I remember that Dennis so wanted to be at a, it was a meeting, a wedding meeting and um, he couldn't go because he was too ill and he said no you go Tina I'll be fine and I didn't want to leave him but I thought no I'll go I came back and he was beaming and he said Tina he said God's just come down and minister to me and he's it was wonderful to see I want to tell you you know if you've got the Lord I want to tell you believe for the miracles believe for the plans that God has got for you never mind about Having a nice house, that's fine. God wants to bless us with all these things. Of course He does. But the thing is, is having that desire for God's house, you know, for the building of the body of Christ, to being in that plan of God. It's such a privilege. I've seen so much. It's such a privilege. God is real. God is real. And we become so petty at times over little things, and you think, for goodness sake, what are you going on about? Yeah, Yeah, what are you going on about? You know, we're here to glorify God. God can only use us to fulfill his plan and purpose. He uses me, he uses you, he wants to use us all. You know, there's sometimes rocks in our lives. We need to get them out in the name of Jesus. You know, unforgiveness is a big thing. We should not be in unforgiveness. How can we hold unforgiveness when we've been forgiven by, you know, God himself? How can we? And I've had it. I've had it. But you know who, who, who's being injured the most? You. Yeah. You. Because you're stopping. Mm-hmm. You're stopping what God wants to do. Because there's a big boulder there in your life that's got to be got rid of. So that the living waters can flow through you. Yeah. You know, and touch other lives. I'm going off. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So... Yes, he, 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 he was taken to his bed, and um, we, um, a nurse sort of would come in and, and um, give him medication. And, um, but the, the, the presence of the Lord was, was fantastic. Yeah. And um, this one day, we really believe in God's going to raise him up. And this one day, um, my, another daughter was sat on the bed, and she was playing a guitar, and she was singing choruses, and, and, and Dennis was sort of, you know, lifting his hand up, and, and although he was just skin and bone, and, and we were just rejoicing in the Lord. And then I got a, a sense of, a sense, I just looked at him, and a sense that he was looking up, and he was seeing something that I couldn't see. And it was like I felt that he wanted, he, he'd seen something, and he was, he was hovering between me and what he'd seen, because he was my soulmate. I had the most wonderful marriage. I loved him very, very much, and he did me. And I could feel that he didn't want to leave me and the children, because I'd fostered another two teenagers, I'd fostered in this time um, three children and did temporary fostering and I had well six kids and whatever I don't know how many we had in the house but you know what I mean he he, he wanted to be with me but I could see that there was something beyond all of this and I went in another bedroom in the house and I just got down on my knees and and I was crying out to God and I thought oh God you've got to touch him and um, then God said to me You've not given him to me. And um, I just knew. You see, we were believing for healing. But you know what? There's something even far greater to come. And it was this love between us which was holding him. And um, it was the hardest thing to do. And I, I just got down on my knees and I just said, God, I give him to you. And I went back and sat on the bed, and I just said to him, Dennis, if you want to go and be with the Lord, it's all right. With me, I'm going to be fine, and the children will be fine, because, you know, God will take care of us. And, And that night, he went to be with the Lord. But, you see, we're going to a place far greater. This is not our home. We're just passing through, but... You know, these relationships, it's all right saying it, but but then again, you know, God undertakes. He undertakes. He's greater than our situation, far greater. He's the God of all comfort. And I had people, I'm pointed to Diane and, and Tracy was in the church and others, Jeff. You know, I, I had so many people around me who supported me at that time. And then, of course, and and then, of course, um, it was the church. We had elders, and I didn't get up and preach. I, I My husband um, did, and the other men did. And, um, and then I was thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, what's going to happen? And it was people stepped in. We had some good men who did all the preaching and things. And then I was expecting God to raise a man up to take over the pastorship. I was expecting that somebody would come in, but they didn't. And then I I went into the room, and uh, 12 months, this is, after Dennis went home, and um, I just cried out to God. I said, God, because people were beginning to think what's going to happen. And I went out to God and cried out to God. And God my Bible fell open at judges thirteen, and God spoke to me through it as I started to read it because I haven't been brought up in the brethren as well it would be a man and that who would be pastor, and that is the norm it's a couple or one or and um as I was reading this this and it, it was about um, an angel coming to Manoah's wife and telling her that she was going to have a son and he would be a Nazarite from birth and he wasn't to drink strong drink and all of this. She tells her husband, and her husband says, well, tell that angel to come and tell me. And he comes back, the angel, and he comes to the woman again. And then the husband says, well, you know, tell me to the angel. He said, well, I've spoken to the woman. Let her beware, meaning, and God said to me, I put the vision in you. I put the vision in you and you protect that vision, and you get up. And I remember on that Sunday, I think, Dan will remember, you know, we were, we were in Busey Barnes, and, and I was thinking, oh, my goodness, what are they going to say when I get up? And I, I was nervous. Um, and uh, anyway, but I felt God saying, if you don't do it, you'll lose it. And I got up, and I went forward, and I just said what God had said to me and I can say then at that time I felt it was like a cloak coming on me and it was for the office I didn't know then there's a lot of things I know now that I didn't know then and it was the office of the pastorship and I knew and I remember you saying Diane we wanted a man you said that didn't you but I've seen the anointing didn't you yeah and she stood with me you did diane and she stood with me and the other stood with me and wonderful things happened and have happened through that time um purchase of a building another building derelict building you know i think that might be going up what it was like i think oh lord not another one oh lord not another one and God said, I want you to go there. And that was the Welsh Chapel. Again, bought uh, for 38,000. We didn't have a penny. We had to have 10,000 deposit. An unbeliever came forward and put 10,000 pounds down. And in four years, sadly, a young, youngish lady in the church um, died. And we I knew nothing about it. And she left us a terraced house and it paid it all off. Oh, Penny. I'm telling you, I mean, look at this place. Look what God's given you. Look, you know, I think it was uh, 2013 where I handed over. Uh, yes, yes, yes. And I knew, and I knew, and I knew. And um, I thought, no, this is it. I've got to hand over. Okay. And it's not hard. It is hard. <laughs> Sorry. It is hard. It's hard when you've been in that position. And um, your hand, it's not hard in the fact that you know it's God. Um, And, you know, I could say so much more, but you look at what God's doing. You look at what God's doing. Look at the souls that are being saved. You know, we we owe it to the Lord to give everything to him. Everything, everything to him. Because there's no greater satisfaction. Uh, He is my life. He's my life. Every day I want to say to you he's been my husband, Uh, I've not had a bank balance, I've not had a pension, nothing. But have I ever been without? No, I've had an abundance. I can testify to it, I've had an abundance, and it's all been that God has supplied. He is the father of the fatherless, he is the husband to the widow, he is the great provider, Jehovah Jireh is his name. Amen. Amen. So just take courage, and some of you are in hard situations, really hard situations. But I want to say, call on the name of the Lord. Just say, Jesus, Lord Jesus, I need you in this situation. Call on his name, and he will answer. He will answer, and he will bring you through. But turn your eyes onto Jesus. Turn your eyes onto him. Take your eyes off that situation. It might seem hopeless, but it's not in God. And I want to say that, you know, I took over... Um, I don't know how old I was when I was pastoring. Well, I was when I took it over as pastoring on my own, I was 51. Right? 51. So I want to say there's young people in there, young lads. I'm looking at Nick. I don't know why I'm looking at you. But, you know, <laughs> I just want to say, Nick, you know, that I do believe... You know, there's a work that God is calling you to. And I do believe, Nick, that, um, you know, don't be discouraged in any way because it's... it's um, God is, is the circumstances that you even find yourself in. It's a training ground. And God will fulfill those desires that's in your heart because he's put them there, right? And so just for everyone, you know, just... Um, Just remember that we're honouring him. Anything else? I think think back
0: to how many times, because you didn't drive, you would walk us to church because dad was too sick to come. Nobody realising what was left back at home Mm. because you led so well. Mm. And I remember at the... Graveside, coming out, walking out with my sister. I was 12 and somebody coming to me, an adult coming to me and saying, how are we going to cope? What are we going to do? Somebody in the church came and said this. And the thing is, we were always going to cope because this work and Pastor Tina was stood on the rock Christ Jesus. This work that we're in tonight was built on a word from the Lord. Yeah. And being able to do What I would imagine most people would feel is unthinkable to release the person who you love so closely and so dearly to go home
1: to be with the Lord Mm. was because the Lord is your everything. Um, Absolutely, absolutely. And the greatest joy is, you know, being obedient to the Lord. That's the greatest joy. And what God wants is for us to give our all to him. I, um, I, I know that it's got to be, self has to be dealt with. Um, you know, we say to God about the power to preach, the power to lead, the power. But when do we say about the power to overcome self? Yeah. It's self that stops so many things. We need the power to overcome self. Dying to self yeah. and saying, Oh Lord, here I am, wholly available. Yeah, I remember Dennis standing and saying, "As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. We'll serve the Lord." And um, it's 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 not been as I could say um, easy, but it's been glorious. It's been glorious, and um, I'm just I'm just so so grateful. I'm so grateful that you know I've got um, I don't know three of you now pastoring three children yes as pastors of churches uh, a granddaughter and husband who pastor in a church another granddaughter who's just gone to bible college um and um they're all in the lord they're all in the lord and um you know we all have a calling we all have a calling on our lives whatever that might be you know make sure you're in that right place with god it's not about me it's about him and you know, the greatest is love. And there's a, there's a verse in uh, Hebrews that says, uh, faith worketh by love. And I was saying to Eli about it. I said, this verse keeps standing out at me. Faith worketh by love. And you know what it is? You know, if you have love, you know, God gave us love, first of all, and then we receive faith. It's not, faith then love faith works by love faith works by love you show the love of God to other people you show the love of God the love of God unto him and I want to tell you that your faith will grow because that's the way it is that's the way it is he gave us he showed his love when we were sinners when we knew nothing he showed his love by giving us Jesus to die for our sins and at that moment when we understood that we were sinners well what happened then that love that I you know felt that night he all then gave me faith and I've gone from faith to faith because of the love because of God's love you may not understand what I'm saying but to me it's quite important at the moment faith worketh by love so let's start showing more love All right. Amen. We're going to end with a song
0: um, that talks about how great he is. And uh, there's a, a verse. And from being a little girl, when dad was first taken poorly and observing the situation, it says this. When Christ shall come with shouts of acclamation and take me home, what joy will fill my heart. There I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim, my God, how great thou art. And that's what we saw as a family. Yes.